Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B-Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Big hello and welcome. Brett Phillips with you again for another week. We are covering the world of tennis. We do it every Monday night. You can get involved anytime. 1-300-736-736 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, jump on the Tennis Direct text tonight, 0433981116. You can go shopping at Tennis Direct uh, right throughout their show, tennisdirect.com.au. Uh, use that promo code first serve one zero. Nice little 10% off. If you order over $150, it'll be delivered for free wherever you are around Australia. Go shopping tonight. Uh, coming up on the B Solar menu, your calls will wrap up the WTA and ATP finals. The latest on the Aussies, um, the biggest story off court is Peng Shui at the moment. Steffi Webb, what an impressive young girl, just 16 years of age. We're going to tell you about her uh, tennis journey. You can weigh in, one 736 736 uh, Plenty of your calls on the show uh, tonight. I've got to say, uh, last week, our chat with uh, USTA critic uh, Javier Palenque last Monday got plenty of feedback. He has uh, penned another piece around the Peng Shui story linking the Chinese Communist Party, uh, drawing parallels to the USTA protecting their own before the sport. Have a read of that if you want to follow Javier. We'll go back there uh, sometime down the track. And I know he might be listening in as we speak in Rwanda in Africa. We had... Young player Emmy Mugisha on with us uh, last week. Emmy, if you're listening in, hope you've been hitting them beautifully uh, this week. If you haven't heard his story and you think you can help this young man, drop me a line, the first serve, sem at gmail.com, and uh, we'll certainly put you in touch. Speaking of mail... You've got mail. Indeed, like we did last week. Uh, popping into the first serve uh, mailbag, your call's in just a second. On the back of our chat last week with Paula George from the Smithy Naders, Aussie J.P. Smith's uh, number one fan base. I received this uh, from Samantha. Paula and I met over 10 years ago in Wanaka. What a beautiful spot, Samantha. I've been there. It's got a massive lake in New Zealand and the South Island. We were roomies in a dorm at a youth hostel. Since then, we have completed three road trips between Sydney and Brisbane to watch tennis, rendezvous in the Peak District and North Yorkshire Dales when I've returned to the UK and spent many hours chatting whilst nursing cups of tea. Paula is one in a million, a truly special, caring and compassionate lady who loves, loves, loves her tennis. Uh, thank you, Samantha. And uh, Paula, if you're listening in from the UK tonight, it was a great delight to have you on the show 
uh, last week. You can follow the Smithy Naters, all one word, on Twitter. I know JP Smith's in town. We've got to get him on the show very soon. I also received this from Andrew Brown. My mum is 84. She's got a tennis group, but she desperately needs more people Tuesday night in Parramatta. Please help her find more players. Thanks, her son, Andrew. So what I thought we'd do is get Jenny on the show to kick us off uh, tonight. Jenny, uh, welcome to the first serve. Thank you. 84 years young, I believe. Yes, yes, indeed. 84 years young and still wielding a tennis racket. Very nice. Tell me a bit about your club, the name of your club, and you are on the search for more players. Yes, we are. We're, um, we've had a lot of people drop out. They've been either moving um, further further up uh, the coast um, or um, haven't been well enough to play. So we are lacking players. We would like um, seniors, um, uh, not necessarily uh, fantastic players, yep. any... any um, any stage, Beautiful. you know, male or female. Okay. What's the name of the club, um, Jenny? We don't actually have a name. We right. um, we just play at Barton Park Courts. There you go. Um, in East Parramatta. We play on Tuesday evenings yep. from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock. Very nice. Very nice. So if you're living in Sydney and you're at Parramatta Way and you think you can link up with Jenny and have a hit... Uh, we can put you in touch. Uh, let us know here on the first serve. And hey, you still you still playing a good brand of tennis, Jenny? Eighty four. I mean, uh, this is the sport you can play for life, of course. It is. It's a lifetime sport, and um, I recommend it to anybody. I recommend it to young people to get out there and play, and I recommend it to older people to keep their fitness level up. Great stuff. Um, and. You know, we would love anyone who can come along. Beautiful. All, all would be welcome. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Who's your favourite player of all time? Have you got a favourite, Jenny? Oh, well, let's go for an Aussie, eh? Yvonne Goolagong. Yep. Can't go wrong there. One of the greats. Long. And a, just a beautiful person too, Yvonne. One of the most humble people you will ever meet. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. There's the plug. If you're at Parramatta Way, Jenny, 84, she's still going. She's still playing a great brand of tennis. She can join her out at uh, Parramatta. Really appreciate your time and uh, keep hitting them beautifully. Thank you very much, Brett. Jenny Thank Brown, joining us off the top of the show. Let's take a couple of calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Speaking of Sydney, uh, Peter is up that way listening on 1170 uh, tonight. Peter, welcome to the first serve. Good evening. Good evening, Brett. How are you? Good. Going well. Thank you. Look, I'm just inquiring about the uh, regarding the vaccination status of the overseas players for next year's Australian Open. I was just thinking, particularly with particularly with all the Russian players and players from the other Baltic countries like Latvia and Ukraine. I'm assuming most of them have taken the Sputnik uh, vaccine, which is not, as far as I was aware, still isn't recognised in Australia. Is there an update on that, or do they have to now take? Or they do they have to take recommended vaccines? Yeah, I don't 100% know the answer to that, Peter. I'll tell you what, I'll put it as a note as a bit of homework before our last show of the year uh, next uh, Monday night as to where all that sits. I'll try and do a bit of digging with uh, Tennis Australia and uh, the government uh, here, but uh, appreciate your call. And yes, we await uh, Novak uh, to see uh, where he sits at the moment. Surely a decision on that 
in the next few days. Harry in Belmore, I'm enjoying Harry's calls uh, the last few weeks because he takes us back a generation. Harry, welcome. Welcome, Brett. Uh, look, in the 1952 US Open Grand Final, yep. Frank Sedgman was up against Art Larson. Art Larson was deemed the bad boy of tennis them years. The night before they played, Art was in the clubhouse drinking till 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. And 3 o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, 3 o'clock. And, and, and they wouldn't serve him anymore. When he went out to play, Frank, he, he had four cans of beer before <laughs> in and got slaughtered. Oh, but Art, oh, Art, Art wasn't bad. He just loved to drink. <laughs> then, then he got smashed up in a oh. bike accident and, and we never heard of him again. But uh, then uh, Stan Smith was walking off against Newcomb in the final of uh, Wimbledon, and they called him back. Nuke just third. Stan had Nuke and beat, but Nuke got up and won in five. Great stuff. Good on you, Harry. Stories galore. Harry is our storyteller, comes on, takes us back uh, many generations here on the first serve. I love his contribution uh, from Belmore up in uh, New South Wales. one three hundred seven three six. 736 if you want to get involved 0433981116 let's get in to our on-court action all thanks to Yonex uh, celebrating 75 years performance product crafted in Japan you can check out their latest range at yonex.com we start with uh, Alexander Zverev ATP finals Alexander Zverev is the champion in Turin he wins the Nito ATP Finals for the second time in four years. And he takes down the top two players in the world back-to-back to, back to do so. What an end to the German season. A 19th title today. And the first time he's won six trophies in a single season. Neil, I think, incredible season, winning your first Grand Slam. Uh, this year, being, I think, the leader of our generation right now, I think it's, it's incredible what you have achieved in the last few years. So, I mean, you've beaten me five times in a row, so <laughs> thank you for, for letting me win once as well. So, big Sasha, he is going beautifully. We're about to speak to uh, Courtney Walsh. Gee, he's playing some good tennis. He's the world number three. He's won the Tour Finals for the second time in four years. He takes out the two best in the world in Djokovic in the semifinals. And then uh, Medvedev, a year where he's had uh, so much going on off the court. Of course, these uh, allegations um, of abuse hang over his head from the ATP. That investigation is uh, is certainly ongoing. Uh, but he's he's in good nick. And the last bit of it now is to add a grand slam. And you feel like 2022 is the year he could break through. He's won the Tour Finals twice. He's won a stack of titles, 19 uh, titles uh, overall. And... He's in uh, beautiful form at the moment. Uh, Courtney Walsh, she's with us, of course, uh, renowned tennis writer, contributor uh, for us on the first serve. Walshie, welcome. Uh, Big Sasha, he's uh, he's had a terrific, a terrific year. To win uh, a couple of, uh, I suppose, ATP Master Series events and a gold medal, and then to finish off uh, by becoming just the fourth man. In the in the history of the ATP Tour Finals, to, to knock off the number two and the number one man on the to winning it for a second time, it's uh, 
an exceptional effort on the court, given you know he's also been embroiled in some drama off it. Um, clearly, a player who uh, on the court is a legitimate threat in every Grand Slam. I think he plays at the moment. He uh, he's certainly uh, you know moved beyond the quarterfinalists that we'd sort of seen a few times when we were running whether he's going to break through. Just a dominant, uh, you know, really dominant performance in the final against a, an incredible player in Daniel Medvedev. What are a couple of your other takeaways? Casparud, uh, semi-final, what a year he's had. I mean, he went into 2021 with an inferior win-loss on hard courts. He's turned that around unbelievably uh, well. She, I think he was, uh, well, he's gone 25-8 and eight on a hard court this year. And that's the surface that wasn't, He's bread and butter. He'd won his titles on clay. So he's been a real story of the year. Unfortunately, Berrettini uh, got injured. Uh, a chance for Hercash. I mean, he didn't win a match, but, uh, you know, played at the ATP finals for the first time. You know, you expect Novak almost to win everything, but that's not going to be the case. What are just a couple of other things you, you took away from the ATP finals? Well, I think with Novak, it would be fascinating looking towards the Australian Open. Obviously, uh, you know, some query as to whether he'll be here given the vaccination status or the uncertainty about that. Yep. But, the man to beat, I think, absolutely on a slower-paced hardcourt, as we saw with the Paris Masters. But when it gets a bit quicker, you know, medium pace to faster pace, that gap closes, I think, in terms of his margin over uh, players like Medvedev, who beat him in New York, and, and someone like Zarev, who uh, who knocked him off, obviously, in Turin. Five sets is a, is a different matter, and you'd think he's clearly a man to beat in Melbourne, but very fascinating to see what unfolds. I think that gap's closing. Uh, Rude, clearly just... Uh, more than a clay quarter, more than a dirt ball specialist. Yep. Uh, and I think the impressive thing with him as well is that he's shown himself capable of performing well on faster hard courts as well as slow hard courts. That confidence from winning so many clay court titles sort of mm. this year, you know, I, I clearly, you know, around Roland Garros, you know, some of those big uh, European clay tournaments, he's going to be a, a feature you would think if he can continue his improvement. So I think, you know, as you said, a, a decent span of players, really good talented finals, uh, you know, even without Roger and Rafa there and Dominic team, I, I thought it was a, a, a very interesting uh, tour finals. Yep. Great end of the season in a lot of regards. No doubt. So big sashes very of 6-4-6-4 over Daniel Medvedev gets it done, lifts that trophy for the second time. First time we've seen it in Turin. They put on a good display. All the big events are going to Italy outside of the Grand Slams. We've got passionate tennis fans. In Mexico, of course, it was the WTA finals, Garbina. Muguruza, uh, she certainly got it done. Yes, she did. Gigante goal is realised as Muguruza conjures magic in Mexico once more. And oh my, it's the perfect ten. Her tenth career title is one of the biggest. As a two-time major champion, is now crowned winner of the WTA finals. I have to start congratulating Annette for her incredible year. I mean, and run in the last tournaments. Congratulations, that was amazing. I just want to say a fun thing. I remember when me, uh, Steve and I were in the US Open and, and he told me that Guadalajara could be a possibility for the finals. And I was like, oh my God, I have to, I have to make it. And look now, we're here. Uh, she got it done, uh, Gabinho. I just had to play that uh, well. She and now your uh, your analysis. This was a, a a good event. I mean, the atmosphere was pumping. More on uh, that to come a little bit later on the show. Shenzhen versus uh, 
uh, Guadalajara in uh, Mexico. But Gabinia, she's so watchable. Regal in the court. Great relationship with her coach, Conchita Martinez. She's won a couple of majors. She got it done. To have a Spanish uh, speaker winning, or Spaniards winning in a Spanish-speaking nation, I think is also a, a positive tick. And that was great atmosphere there. She's now, you know, you, you think about her resume, Wimbledon champion, Roland Garros champion, end of season champion. It's uh, similar to that Vash Barty, obviously the number one ranking Ash has had for, for so long now. But yep. such a talented all-court player. When she's on, you know that she's very much in the top couple of players in the world. Similar to Ale- similarly to, to Alexander Zarev, uh, you know, turned around a, a loss in the round robin stages. She was aged by Pliskova uh, in, the, in the opening match, but finished off very well. Two wins over Annette Condovite, including the final, and we know that she's been just on fire at the Estonian in the last couple of months. So absolutely a well-deserving champion. And I think, as we know, when she's playing well and consistently playing well, she's a threat in any tournament she plays in. No doubt about it. She is uh, top shelf when she's on, no doubt. Gabin, uh, she's one major. She knows what it's all about. Walshy, thank you uh, for your contribution. You can read Courtney Walsh on our website, thefirstserve.com.au, with his uh, great article where he referred to it last week about the story behind Emma Raducanu and her uh, choice to stay with Wilson, of course, uh, for her US Open uh, triumph. And uh, Walshy, we'll talk very soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Courtney Walsh, just with a little wrap there of the ATP and WTA finals. Just before we go to the break, uh, we have been running, of course, our Wilson Clash 100 Special Edition uh, racket competition over the last month to the value of $350. And we have a winner. We're going to Adelaide. She was drawn out of the hat. Uh, Bridget Danvers. Bridget, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Always nice to get a new racket. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tell us a bit about uh, a bit about the Bridget game. Oh, not going well at the moment. We did well in winters. <laughs> I just play for a local club. Right. What's the um, name of the club? Yeah. It's called Holdfast Tennis Club. Okay. Yeah, so just uh, the local club. But, yeah, did well in winter, but now we're just struggling a little bit in summer. So hopefully the new racket might get me uh, back in the game, I suppose. <laughs> nice. What's the go-to shot? What do you love to play? Oh, forehand down the line. Oh, yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah, <laughs> I think any, any I think any shot up the line is uh, yeah. if it's coming off a single-handed backhand or a beautiful forehand, it's just Something a beautiful like that, yeah. a beautiful feeling when it hits the middle of the strings. Yeah, very satisfying. But I need a few more of those. I think uh, that'd be nice. Uh, favorite player? Who do you love to watch? Oh, I'm a big Ash Barty fan. Definitely yep. love her. When she won Wimbledon, that was just amazing. Yep. Um, yeah, I love her game. She's all court player, great slice, everything like that. But I also like Iga Swiatek in Poland, Very and good. she's really up and coming, been so consistent. So I think um, she's one to watch out for. And yeah, I like both of their game styles. Very different, but yeah, great to watch. No doubt, Ash. Of course, back training at the moment. Uh, hopefully, the big, big, mm. big summer ahead. Bridget, congratulations. Enjoy the new Wilson Thank racket. <laughs> Thanks so much, Cheers. Bridget Danvers. The latest in our competitions. You've got to be in it to win it. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll uh, touch on the Aussies, more of your calls, and we'll get stuck into the Peng Shui story next on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a V Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Always great to spend a uh, Monday night with you, Brett Phillips. one 736 Punch that number in and uh, we can have 
a chat about the world of tennis. I do need to mention Beyond the Tour, which is about bringing Australia's tennis family together. Uh, the International Tennis Club of Australia has grants available for 2022. So it's open to players who have achieved a WTA ATP ranking, $12,000 total grants, four of them available, open to both active players and recently retired players in the last uh, five years. So assistance with applications is also available those applications close next Monday. So to apply, you can uh, check out the website uh, beyondthetour.com.au if you fall into this category or email International Club Australia, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, John's out on the road. Johnny, always great to have a chat. Hey, buddy, how are you, mate? Uh, look, good. I've been watching some great tennis. Look, I, I was really hoping that Sinner would make the last eight. Because I thought he deserved the winning four titles, but um, I was uh, was really uh, upset that he made it the way he did with Berrettini pulling out. But I just thought the match against Medvedev was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. It was good, wasn't it? After going down the first set six months, and obviously the nerves got to him, but to come back and actually have too much points when Medvedev was going all out for it, I thought was a remarkable effort. What, did you happen to watch it? Or? Yeah, it was a great match. And, and Medvedev's so hard to crack, isn't he? I mean, he's just a, a wall on the baseline, very Djokovic-like. And, I mean, John, you're a huge Yannick Sinner fan. You've been talking about him all year. I mean, there's he, there's Carlos Alcaraz. There's, there's a few there that no doubt, in my mind, are going to climb to the top echelon of the sport. Somewhere in the, the top five, top ten, they'll all get their turn. Um, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing for Berrettini, home soil in Italy, one Italian places uh, replaces another, uh, which gave it a great home crowd feel. Uh, just a word on Medvedev, John, before I let you go. Ah, uh, look, mate, fantastic sportsman. Yep. Um, he, like he gave a point to he gave, I don't know if you saw it. He gave a point to Sinner because there was a bad line call, and I think he was a tremendous competitor. And I think the way he won on match point. Did you see that backhand down yeah. the line? It was <laughs> just sublime. You know, I mean, great play. Deserves his position in the sport. But I really think that it'll be between Sinner and Alcaraz maybe in the future, you know. And I think mm. Zerev, you know, 24, 25, yep. look at the way he's playing, you know. Um, no but, doubt. you know, Sinner's only 20, and I think Alcaraz is only 19. Oh. So, you know, I mean, the future's I think there's good. a lot in front of those. Yeah. Yep. We might lose some good superstars, uh, John, but the future is good. I keep telling everyone that there's depth on the men's side and the women's side. Good on you, John. Thank you, as always. Uh, let's just do a little wrap of the Aussies. Alexander Vukic, I got up around 4am this morning, uh, watched the Challenger, runner-up in Champaign, Illinois, to the American uh, Stefan Kozlov on the ATP Challenger Tour. So Vukic up to 156 career high, two finals reached this month. So both times he's lost in the final to the uh, American. So he's right in the frame. I mean, almost a certainty Vukic to get an Australian Open wildcard. His opponent... Uh, Kozlov is guaranteed as a result of the month of form he's put together uh, the reciprocal Australian Open uh, wildcard for the US players. He did lose his way in the first set. He actually had an exchange with a spectator. He caught up with uh, courtside commentator Mike Cation post-match. 
Are you exhausted right now? I'm, I'm trying to gauge you uh, right now where you're at with your <laughs> with your brain after this win. Yeah, I, I, let's let's put it this way: the wild card was pretty heavy on me. Yeah, and I think yesterday was a lot. I mean, honestly, Knoxville was the worst for me, and then just every day since it's been a battle, and and I, I it's been a challenge for sure for me and for JJ as well. And you know, long term, we're gonna grow from it, and we're gonna you know use this experience down the road. And today was a weird match. It was an early start. I was tired i was like not even here I, I didn't feel like i was here and i only won for one reason and that reason was that guy in the illinois that he started yelling at me mm. so i was checked out i really? was down a center break i was kind of battling my own voice in my head yeah just not myself i was the better player i was just not myself and and then that guy made it personal and that's when i knew i couldn't lose this match and i went into beast mode that second set from 2-1 down was I actually, if you go back and watch at about one all, two one in the in the second, I said I think we're about to see Pete Kozlov because I've known you well enough to know that like once something gets personal, yeah. I know you well enough. So what was it in those that stretch, that four game stretch, really, where you went from a breakdown to a breakup? That just what locked in in terms of what you were doing? Well. I mean, it started with, like, I, obviously I have a long way to go in terms of maturing and playing at the top. I, I got some bad calls there, man. I really did. Obviously, we're never going to know for sure. Yeah. But back to back, and then this one, the late call, it just, it, it felt, something felt like it was, again, I'm not going to say it, but it just felt off. And then I kind of vented a little bit, and then I started walking, I went no change, I walked over here, and some guy started, some young guy too, started charging at me. And that moment, I knew that, that if Fook was going to win, he was going to have to go through a lot. Yeah. And, and I just locked in completely and just focused on focused on being a beast focused on moving him side to side focused on going quick in between points so i just tried to take his lungs completely and it, it looked like it worked actually i thought that guy was actually going to jump from the stands uh today and come down and take on steph koslov it was it was on there for a little bit uh marani Busich, the queenslander second itf 15k title his third final in tunisia since mid-october 21 and 3 so stepping back in on two with some great form. Victoria Matthew Romios, I know his mum, who we've been talking to on social media, will be listening in. Uh, claimed his fifth ITF doubles title, second uh, this month in Greece. 18-year-old Philip Sekulic played all the junior slams this year. Back-to-back runners-up at the 15K level in his first two tour events in India. So a young man we're keeping an eye on. And Alicia Smith, of course, runner-up in Italy in dubs in uh, back-to-back finals. Our Aussies on tour, all thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialists. Uh, Asti Tennis Courts, make sure you check them out. Trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Let's get to the big off-court story, which, uh, of course, is um, Chinese tennis player Peng Shui. Now, every one of you would be across the story. She made, of course, the uh, sexual allegation assault... Uh, claims against a, a former senior Communist Party official, uh, then wasn't seen in public for over two weeks, no contact with anyone with a dubious email emerging from a state-run media outlet attributed to Hung that she allegedly sent a WTA official saying that she's safe and not missing, uh, saying that the allegations of sexual abuse were not true. No one bought it. That was followed by photos posted on WeChat, which is controlled by the government over there, their social media, uh, not time-stamped. That was followed by a video of her with her friend and coach in a restaurant where she didn't say a word. That was followed by another video at a junior tennis match presentation. And in the early hours of this morning, reports that she had sent or had a video call 
uh, with the president of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, Raf Sanchez from NBC in America uh, with an update that was reported earlier today. This is a call that may raise more questions than answers. Here's what we know. In the last few minutes, the president of the International Olympics Committee, Thomas Bach, put out a statement where he said he was on a 30-minute phone call with Peng Shui. And he seems, from the readout from the IOC, to basically accept the line that Chinese state media has been putting out over the last couple of days, which is that everything is fine and there's nothing to see here. I want to read you just a little bit of this statement. It says, Peng Shui thanks the IOC for its concern about her well-being. She explains that she is safe and well living at her home in Beijing, but would like to have her privacy respected at this time. Now, there's a couple of things to note here, Alex. The IOC president was not alone on this call with Peng Shui. Also on the line was the vice president of the Chinese Olympic Committee. So viewers at home can make their own minds up about how free or not Peng Shui may feel to speak, given that there is a senior Chinese official on the line. It's also important to note there's no mention of the sexual assault allegations that Peng Shui made against a former Communist Party official right before she disappeared for the last couple of weeks. The IOC doesn't make any call for those allegations to be investigated further. It doesn't say whether Thomas Bach discussed those allegations with her or not. And the other thing that's worth noting is that the Winter Olympics in Beijing, so the International Olympics Committee obviously coordinating extremely closely with the Chinese government to get those games going, and may have an incentive to try to stay on the right side of the Chinese government at this point. So that's what we know, as this is the first known call that Peng Shui has had with anybody outside of China since she disappeared three weeks ago. So that was Raf uh, Sanchez uh, reporting for NBC in America. That was earlier this morning. Uh, Aaron Solomon, uh, Esquire Digital Chief Legal Analyst at todaysesquire.com. He's based over in Montreal. I caught up with him over the weekend before this most recent video uh, who has uh, penned a piece with the disappearance of Peng Shui. Will tennis leave China? He has actually lived in Beijing. Well, it's very easy to live there as a foreigner. I lived in Beijing's central business district. Nobody ever bothered me. I never felt in any way unsafe. I felt much safer in Beijing than I did living in many other parts of the world where I lived. But that's a very different thing from someone who is a Chinese citizen and dealing with all of the kind of strictures of Chinese society. I will give you an example from sport. I had some fairly close friends who were representing one of the major North American sports leagues for an exhibition in Beijing. And they were staying at a seven-star hotel in Beijing, and the police brought them out of their rooms in the middle of the night down for a full night interrogation. They hadn't done anything wrong. It was a way of giving a message to them that you're here in China, and even though you represent this very wealthy American sports league, just understand everything is done our way here. And that's the way it is for, honestly, for, for Chinese citizens. One thing I think that's worth mentioning is there's so much talk in what's been going on in this drama about the Communist Party. It's difficult for us who don't live in China to understand that almost everybody joins the party. If you're going to 
achieve in any walk of life, whether you're a flight attendant or whether you're a doctor or whether you're a business owner, you're going to join the party. So it's not like party membership is only reserved for the elite. I think that's an interesting footnote for people reading all these stories. Okay, so that's part of Aaron Solomon. We'll bring you a little bit more after the break. And Steffi Webb as well. You can go shopping at Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. Fast delivery, great prices. Go shopping tonight. Use that promo code FIRSTSERVE10, tennisdirector.com.au. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, 2021 Tennis Victoria Premier League uh, played across Friday, Saturday and Sunday at uh, Hume Tennis and Community Centre, Bandura Tennis Club, Bo Morris uh, Lawn Tennis Club and also the National Tennis Centre and Royal South Yarra and Hume uh, both, of course, lead the men's and the women's division respectively. Heading into the final uh, weekend with the grand finals this Sunday, 4 o'clock, National Tennis Centre. Get down there and it's going to be streamed live on KO. All the results are on the Tennis Victoria website. 16-year-old Stefani Webb played uh, for Hume yesterday with an ITF junior ranking, 526. Had an impressive win over the 21-year-old Gabriella De silva Fick, who has a WTA ranking of 589. I did sit down with uh, Steffi for a chat at Hume on uh, Friday night as she uh, watched on before competing across the weekend to take us inside her tennis journey thus far. Tennis has been basically my whole life. Everything has revolved around this sport. I've never actually played any other sports, so tennis has actually been my main priority. I did get involved through my brother. So my brother was 12 years old when he started playing and I think I was only seven. So he was on court and look, I was there as a a little sister and I was sitting down and I got bored as well. So that's when um, uh, one of the coaches there, he just, he invited me and I just kept playing. It was really good for me. So I kept on going. So no other sports came into the equation at all? No, so no other sports at all, actually. My brother was a bit different. He uh, played a mixture of sports. Uh, He started with, you know, soccer, Mm. then footy. Um, then he went into tennis and, you know, eventually he started bodybuilding. So something completely different. Wow. Yeah, now he's uh, not playing any sports, but he does like to stay healthy. So, yeah. So tell us about this tennis journey you've been on, because it is a journey. Yeah, it's it a is. It's a long journey. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you've combined that with an education as well. Just take us through the journey yeah, so look, far. So schooling has been quite hard, actually, especially these all through high school, especially in year 10, 11, 12. Obviously, they're the main years where you really need to knuckle down and focus. I personally am finding it quite hard because I did complete year 11, which is VCE this year, and I'm also doing year 12 next year, which will be even more difficult. And also when you combine that with, you know, travelling and playing tournaments and ITF level, it's quite hard. You really need to find a good routine. You need to find a good program, good coaches, good support team that will get you through those times. There has been, especially this year through, you know, the virus and all of our lockdowns in Melbourne, it has been quite challenging for me. You know, we were locked out of our courts for quite a while. Mm. You know, we, mm. we couldn't train, so I had to find other ways to 
you know, to play, to stay active, to keep fit and, you know, and combine that with all my schooling, education, you know, I had to take days off of tennis to complete my exams. Um, everything had to work around my schooling, but it also needs to work around my tennis. I haven't actually seen my friends in quite a while, so it's, you know, schooling, education and tennis has been the two main things or the two main focuses this year. So yeah, especially with me, you know, being completely online, I'm with VSV, so they're completely online. Whereas I did go to Northcote High, which is a, yep. a public school, which you do go into. So yeah, it's been quite hard, a long journey. I'd it is say. a long journey and there's a lot of sacrifice, as you said. I mean, not being able to maybe just do the everyday things that yep. someone of your age would do, but yep. you're obviously on a, on a mission. Tell us about the people around you. I mean, family, you need that support 100%. I mean, anyone in tennis, whether they're starting out or whether we look at someone on the pro tour, we always look at the team yeah. around them. And the ones who've got a great teams, I mean, I can just think of Ash Barty off the top of my head, who's got a good, stable team yeah. on the road with her at home, yeah. that love and support to keep you grounded, to be there through the highs and lows. I mean, it's critical, isn't it, in an individual sport? Yeah, well, I feel like family is key, actually. A good support team is also key. Um, you have to have the right people around you, you know, they, that get you through those times that get you through any difficulties um, my family has been really supportive of me you know throughout my whole tennis journey throughout my whole you know career as of yet you know but they are really supportive of me and, and so is my coach and my physio and my my trainer and you know that they're, they're all around me and yeah especially when I'm traveling they're always checking in and spending six months at a time you know overseas it, it can be quite hard without your family it, it can be quite challenging you know homesickness is with a lot of people it's it's there and I guess some people do like to travel but then there's others who you know need their family with them and you know it's um it's hard. Talk to me about the style of tennis you love to play and when you came in, how much has it sort of evolved and changed as, as coaching becomes quite influential and advice? Take me inside your tennis game. Well, uh, when I was actually quite small and I first started playing, I just recall trying to hit the ball as hard as I could. I just wanted to whack the, the living <laughs> the living daylight out of the ball. I just wanted to hit it so hard and you know that that's how my aggressive game style came into play. So I, I like playing aggressively. Um, I like dictating, not so much, you know, when I'm running like, you know, all over the court, running a marathon. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I like playing aggressively and you know my coaches help me and are aware of me, uh, that's what I do best and that's, that's, that's the way I want to play and that's where I find most of my success revolves around. I, I like to play aggressive and you know obviously they're giving me the right tools, the right technique, the right skills, you know tactics to do that. Are you an avid tennis watcher? I mean some people like to play a sport and then are not, are not great spectators, others yep. just love to just soak it all in, watch different players, look at game styles, watch how they go about it. Are you one of those? Do you watch a bit of tennis? Yeah, I do. Um, I I do watch it when you know the AO is around in town. Um, but I do like to actually go there physically and and mm. watch the players play because I feel like it's a bit of a different dynamic. You know, on TV you kind of see all the good stuff, and when you're there you actually see you know the the players' focus. You know, the players' you know tactical perspective and and how they're executing points. So I do like to go in person, preferably. But I do also watch, you know, away from tennis, I do watch a bit of basketball. I do think, um, like, it's really hands-on and it's really, like, quick and, like, they've got to think fast and 
that I do like to watch a bit of that as well. I mean, I'm not, I don't really know the rules as of such, but I, I think it's really fun to watch. So just back to you being younger, you chose tennis, no other sports in the equation. No. If anyone who's listening to this is back around that age that you started, yep. what have been the biggest positives you've taken out of the tennis journey? Because everyone can have this dream, some get there, some don't, but it, yep. it is the sport you can play for life yep. at whatever level. You can yeah. play socially, you can play at a competitive level, you can maybe yeah. make the pros and, and have an exceptional career. Everyone has that dream, but yeah. what else do you get out of just being involved in the sport? Firstly, I think that you need to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, there's no real you know, fun out of the sport. You need to enjoy it, you need to have fun. Mm. And you need to be competitive. You need to want to win. Um, and you know, if you're you're a little kid and you love to win, then that's a, maybe a sport for you. But I'd say you you need to pick a sport that you love, yep. and that you can potentially see yourself, you know, pursuing. Um, so finding a sport that works for you. You know, there could be some people that you know love a sport, but as of such, aren't really made for it. And you know, that's when maybe their future doesn't hold what they want in that sport. Well said. You've got an ITF junior ranking. You played, obviously, tennis is slowly getting back. Been tougher in Australia for players to have opportunities the last two years with the Australian Pro Tour and then the ITF, the junior tour. But you played some events in Mornington. You played on the Gold Coast. You played in Brisbane. Win-loss is looking pretty good from where I see it at the moment. (laughs) Take us through this year and then your plans ahead for 2022. Yeah, so um, this year was obviously, you know, quite a struggle playing tournaments, um, but there have been some tournaments on, you know, towards the back end of this year. Um, So there's been a few ITFs on in Queensland. I was there for three months. Um, You know, the coaches were all supportive of me as well. They have a great academy up there. So they were able to hold some pro UTR events and some ITFs um, since they weren't in lockdown. And obviously, you know, Malverdians were in a a hard lockdown. So I I, um, was able to get up there and play some tournaments. So, yeah, I had a few good wins. And, yeah, I won a few tournaments there and made it to the semi-final of the pro Uh, UTR as well. Next year some of my plans are to hopefully play one of the Junior Grand Slams to also there's a couple of ITFs in Jan which I also want to play and do my best in but yeah the main goal next year is to play some Junior Grand Slams and to to be involved with that environment that you know that high that high environment and I just want to do the best I can and you know obviously juggle that with school as well because I, I do I am aware that all my exams are towards the back end of next year as well. I just wonder whether you draw any inspiration from watching someone like Emma Raducanu win the US Open. She was 338 in the world heading into Wimbledon, 150 in the world heading into the US Open. A story that blew everyone away this yeah. year. And I'd imagine so many players down this long ecosystem that is tennis where there are so many players with a ranking and trying to get ranked I wonder whether you take any inspiration out of that, gee I'm only two years younger than Emma Raducato and she's won a US Open that anything's possible Yeah, Yeah, look for her to to play qualies and actually win you know, the Grand Slam, I think it was, she made history there. And it, obviously it is very inspiring for the coming generations. And look, I do look up to her. She she has won a Grand Slam at 18 years old, you know, coming from qualies and she didn't even expect it. 
and I think you know having low expectations actually you know mm. comes out better in the end and I think that's what she had and it's what helped her a lot and yeah I definitely love her game style and I, I do aspire to be like her one day. Hey great to chat well spoken I'm going to follow your journey next year we'll have to do this sometime down the track. Thank you so much for having me. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With V-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a V-Solar advisor. Visit V.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Well, the Monday night goes uh, very quick. We'll hold over Aaron Solomon to next week. He had a lot of interesting things to say about the future of the WTA finals and uh, Peng Shui. Uh, make sure you look out for our Aussies Only podcast with Jed Zetzer returning this week with Luke Seville as, uh, of course, the special guest. The Australian Open was launched over the weekend. Well, it's over to Novak now to decide whether he's going to come here with the uh, firm rules in place that you have to be uh, double vax. Great to have tennis rehab on board, uh, combining great tennis coaching accommodation, local wine, food and other tourist attractions. All tennis lessons are run by either the club professionals or qualified coaches whose aim is to send you home an improved player. Go and check out this week, tennisrehab.com.au. Alex says, I know a guy 90 playing at St John's Tennis Club. Mighty effort. Always hard to transition. Can't wait to see how Vukic moves through now. Mark Polmans is an example of multiple challenger title wins but struggled to break uh, through in the top 100. I hope they both do it. It's a tough sport. You've hit the nail on the head. The IOC is heavily biased because the Olympics are about to start in China. Let's see her talk to the head of the WTA. The CCP are in danger of her life now. We'll be back with our final show next week. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.